Welcome to In the Center of Her Power podcast, where you can get divine feminine soul food. The divine feminine is re-establishing itself in the world, and you need tips and tools to make it your own. Greetings, greetings, everyone. Today, I would like to do something new. I want to thank you, the listener. I particularly want to thank Gwendolyn Winston, who sent a voicemail message through the Anchor app. Thank you so much for listening, Gwendolyn, and thank you so much for sending feedback through the voicemail system. Also, thank you to Nicole. Nicole Fox followed the Center Her Power podcast on Spotify. Thank you very, very much, Nicole, for following us. I really appreciate both of you ladies for letting me know that you took the time to listen. It really warms my heart. I want to hear from you. If you're listening to the podcast, if you listened just once, please find me on Instagram, Center Her Power. On Instagram, Center Her Power Podcast is what it is. Center Her Power Podcast on Instagram. Please send me a message and say, hey, I'm one of the people who listened to your podcast. And tell me what you thought. Did you have questions, concerns? Are there topics you might like? for us to explore on a future show. You can email me at sana at center her power. And please stay tuned because the Her Power Circle will be activating soon where there will be um, content for subscribers or people who are a member of the circle. We're going to have some discussion groups, some circles, some belly dance classes, and possibly some meditations. I'm still working on what the power, her power circle will be, but please stay on the lookout. I do have a website, which is centerherpower.com, centerherpower.com. You can sign up to be on the mailing list. So whenever there's information there's a belly dance class or there's some or I'm doing some kind of Reiki healing or sound bowl um, bath I can send you the information I haven't done a lot of emails yet however I would like to and so if you want to stay in touch with me that's another way through the website centerherpower.com another new thing is you can now offer a donation for the podcast. If you like what you heard, if you if it touched you, if you felt that it really resonated with you, if you were listening or if you heard anything, it was for you to hear. This podcast is designed to support the spiritual goddess or seeker or God, <laughs> the, the spiritual seeker. Who wants to go deeper? You. This may not be the podcast for you if you're just at the beginning stage of your spiritual evolution or expansion. This is for for people who want to go deeper, who want to to entertain 
various ideas of about about existence and I'm actually going to do a some type of um, trailer or video to give kind of a primer for what you can expect with this podcast pretty soon I will be the podcast will be available through Amazon music so look for us in the next couple of weeks you can now listen on Amazon you can ask Alexa to play center her power podcast I'm still working that out there were some technical difficulties so stay tuned for that again I want to hear from you and I look forward to connecting with you on the other side of this show be well And oh, don't forget to shine. Good day, everyone. I am so very excited to be here. My name is Sanaa Green, and you have reached Center Her Power podcast. And I'm so glad you're here today. As I said, I'm very excited because I have Abiola Abrams here with me. And let me just tell you a little bit about her. You know, her fabulousness cannot really be described in her bio, but I'm going to read a little bit. Abiola Abrams is a self-worth midwife, and um, she is a spiritual entrepreneur, a transformation coach, speaker, writer, and media personality who empowers big vision women to find freedom from their personal fears, manifest authentic power, and align with purpose. Abiola is the author of the Hay House book, African Goddess Initiation, Sacred Rituals for Self-Love, Prosperity, and Joy. Her newest meditation program is called Enter the Goddess Temple. In addition to her online coaching, group coaching. She has programs and courses. Abiola has given motivational advice on networks from the CW, BET, and Discovery Channel, MTV, and the BBC, which is in London, and sites and publications from the Daily Ohm and Match.com to Essence Magazine. Abiola also leads transformational workshops from London to the Bahamas, speaks at organizations and schools from Dropbox to Cornell, and creates spiritual wellness retreats from Bali to Belize. The award-winning motivational speaker, transformational author, and advice columnist is passionate about midwifing conscious women leaders to break through. Abiola, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you, Sanaa. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Well, so am I. You know, I wanted to ask you some things about, there's so much to to get into. And one of the things that I was really fascinated by was when I saw an interview that you did with um, Anita Kopax. And her she wrote the book Shallow Waters, and she did, did the um, foreword for your book. And you talked about a play that you did, and you mentioned it in the book as well. Um, Tell us about the goddess hip-hop. Was it a goddess hip-hop play? Tell us about that. I want to find out a little bit more about how deep your roots go in working with the goddess. Yes. Okay. Yay. So we are having a real conversation because you are taking it all the way back, my (laughs) sister. (laughs) So Goddess City was a theater production that I created, co-wrote, 
co-produced and co-starred in in New York City back around the beginning of this century. <laughs> so back in the days and it was a really interesting time because nobody was talking about goddess anything. And I even have a memory that I, <laughs> oh my goodness, I haven't spoken about this, but I will, I will talk about it and not name names. But we were very supported by a lot of members of the black community being young black women. Um, there were two of us who were the core people in the group. And then we hired, um, we would have a rotating third person. And so many people in our community were very supportive of us. We performed at a number of different theater festivals and places from the Schomburg um, Center for Research in Black Culture in New York City to the New Yorkian Poets Cafe to the National Black Theater Festival, National Black Theater in Harlem, a number of different places. People really took us under their wing. But then there were an equal number of people who had the opinion of, how dare you? Who do you think you are? Um, what is this gibberish, this mumbo jumbo? Um, we had a, 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 a very famous elder, <laughs> very famous elder uh, spokeswoman poet who um, one of her colleagues who was very supportive of us, Amina Baraka, Mary Baraka's wife, she was one of the people who took us under her wing. And this person is a friend of hers and was in the audience and got on the mic afterward and mocked us for being, yeah, and afterward um, apologized not directly to us, but through Amina, or at least Amina said that she apologized. I don't know, uh, Miss Amina. Um, and it was because talking about, dare to talk, daring to talk about yourself as a Black woman, saying that you are embracing not only your spirituality, but your beauty and your sensuality and sexuality, is extremely controversial and as controversial as it is right now 20 years ago and me being 20 years younger they were people were very much like who do you think you are i remember this woman left us a very angry message voicemail we had a voicemail number at that time uh, where people could call in and leave comments and stuff like that this is at the very beginning of social media uh, <laughs> and this woman left us a really angry message and i still remember to this day she's like you know you're and i'm gonna edit but she was like basically your boobies haven't dropped yet how dare you you don't know anything about being a goddess and you know it was a very interesting time but <laughs> that led into us having discussions about the topics that we were talking about leading into town halls, us doing hosting town halls, um, and those who wanted to hear from young black women and what we thought and what we experienced and you know our our, our global experience um, were listening, and it was it was a powerful time, and it led to doing sister circles and directly led to this work. Really, so you know the question I want to ask you is, who did you think you were? 20 years ago to, to, to come up with this goddess. What was the impetus that made you feel that you all wanted to even write about this? Because talking about the goddess, especially for me, for, for black women was really yes. taboo, I, I would say. So especially if you Girl. were Christian. <laughs> Girl, taboo with a capital ta and a capital boo. <laughs> <laughs> 
so it was very interesting. I was very influenced by a number of different black women writers that I had the pleasure of studying in college. And um, one of my professors in undergrad at Sarah Lawrence College is this amazing woman, uh, Nigerian woman named Chikwenye Ogunyemi. And she actually is the person who came up with the term womanism. Alice Walker is given the credit. Alice Walker is another uh, person who came through Sarah Lawrence. But it was Miss Ogunyemi who was the person who, yes. Really? Who was my mentor, who was my teacher, who was, yes. because well, I, I really need yes, to make sure yes, I write yes. down her name because I'm working on a grant right now, yes. which, and we're looking at creating a womanist lexicon. So we were thinking oh, that, my that, that oh, Alice Walker was, person. yeah. Yes. No, 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 no. This is a common thing, a common belief, because Alice Walker, of course, is more famous and all of those things and all dear love to dear elder Alice Walker, of course. But it was it was Chikwenye Ogunyemi. Yes. Who, yes, is still living elder who I am going to be reaching out to soon. So if you want, I can put her in touch with you. I'm going to be reaching out to her, you know, as my as my great elder to like be like, he has been fucking Miss Ogunyemi. I did it. We did it. <laughs> and this woman just had an incredible influence in my life. And so as a, at 18 years old, you know, just turned 18, um, a month earlier and then stepping on the campus of Sarah Lawrence, you know, um, talking about who do you, who do you think you are, you know, and introduced myself. Um, thankfully, however, she ended up as my freshman guide and was introducing myself around as Abby Abrams at that time. But do not call me that this day if you want me to respond. <laughs> not today. <laughs> and Miss Okoyemi called me aside, um, you know, called me like, you know, me being like called into her office, like among, like first or second day of school or whatever. And she was like, your name is Abiola. And I was like, yes. And she was like, your parents named you this. I said, yes. She said, they must think they must have big plans for you and a big vision for you to give you such a big name. And I was like, yes. And she was like, why do I hear you letting these people calling you Abby? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, do you know what Abiola means? And I apologize, Miss Ogunyemi, for trying to do your accent. I did the same with my mom. And I cannot, and I know it's it's, well, it's good. It's good I for apologize. the story, though. <laughs> she's like she's like do you know what abiola means and i was like yes you know and it means various things joy born into wealth a number of different meanings she said well what does abby mean i said i don't know and she was like oh okay and i was like all right everybody announcement <laughs> nobody is calling me out of my name if you have not known me since birth time, <laughs> you are not calling me out of my name from this moment going forward. And so she introduced to me authors like Ntozaki Shange, who came to Sarah Lawrence. And, you know, it was a beautiful experience. It was an incredible experience. She cussed folks out and was just in her power. And she rightfully cussed folks out because... Um, one of my classmates who was a filmmaker started recording her without her permission. And it was beautiful to see a black woman own herself and own her power. She stopped the program. Okay, she's on stage. We're all gathered, hundreds of students excited for a black woman to be coming to our campus. Stopped the program and said, you, you right there, 
called him out and was like, listen, listen, you do not have permission. You did not request permission. And if you did, I did not grant permission for you to be recording my image. <laughs> my likeness and image has power and is not a casual thing. And, you know, I mean, all love to uh, my fellow brother, Robert, you know, he was just <laughs> fanboying, like we were all fangirling, but she was like, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. You know, I own my image. I own my likeness. And so I wanted to create my own for color girls, for us of the hip hop generation at that time, for us as young people, you know, I was very influenced by that. And one of, and I had a totally different name than Goddess City in the beginning. And one of the people that we had, that we were working with at the time, used the word goddess. And when she said the word goddess, it was like the skies, the, the everything, the ancestors said, that's what you're talking about. Because we were talking about it before we had the name. Really? And yes, because it was, the, it, for me personally, it was the words in the beginning of Entezaki Shange's For Color Girls, or at the end actually, where it says, I found God in myself and I loved her fiercely. Those words opened something up in me. And so that is where I was. So who did I think I was? I thought, okay... I am stepping into goddessness, whatever that means. And I, my name in the show was the goddess of nerve, but I had everything but nerve. You know, I was I was aspiring toward it. Well, you had a lot of nerve. If you put the program together, the play together, then you had a lot of nerve. If you had the initi if you had the initiative to move forward, that's a lot of nerve. That is wonderful. And I understand that that it was was it recently we. Um, it was published in at the University of Michigan. It was in Michigan State. Yes, University University of Michigan Press mm -hmm. uh, published it, and yes, and it is historically documented as the first hip hop theater play in the United States. Wow, that is phenomenal! You are just a phenomenal yeah, person, yeah. I have to say, and I really, <laughs> really, really appreciate how you are so gracious and that how you give, how you're giving your time and giving this interview, and how you give credit to the people who have helped to shape you. Because I think often when 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 folk at least in in some cultures when 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 you when you become when you get some notoriety sometimes we forget who those people were who who helped us or how significant your presence can be to someone who who requests it so i really appreciate the fact that you are living in your goddessness and and giving it to all of us is such a wonderful wonderful way what you're doing you're opening a way for so many people and especially me because i i keep i keep I listened to your podcast once with a friend of mine. She told me about you. And I was like, wow, this is something. So every now and then I have to pick up the podcast and you don't have to follow everyone because you always make it a nice, short, sweet, to the point message that really resonates. And the, and the one message that really, really resonated with me this year, maybe it was last year, was when you talked about um, are you empathic and how you can tell if you're not like, you know, giving readings to people. So I really appreciate all that has come into who you are and, you know, that experience with the play. And I think it would be great actually to, to remount the play. I, I have worked with youth. I'm not working with them right now, but in my minor in college was technical theater. So I know the power of the arts. And that was one of the questions that I wanted to, to, to pose to you. Do you still see yourself as an artist or did you see yourself as an artist? And, and how are you expressing your artistic 
prowess now in the spiritual work that you're doing? I love these questions. I love your questions, sis. Just let me just just pause and just say, may this podcast and this conversation that you're doing continue to thrive and elevate and go higher and higher and reach everyone's heart that it is meant to reach because your energy is just so beautiful and just it just rings just so powerfully true, so powerfully true. So thank you for this conversation. I, I talked to a lot of people, as you know, run my mouth all day. I have, I think, three podcast interviews today. And, and just you are, you're, you are a phenomenal woman walking. Oh, phenomenal thank you woman so walking. much. Thank you. Yes, yes. Okay, what was the question again? <laughs> how, <laughs> how do you see your artistic... Now, I... Yeah, got it. Was I, yeah. I, Where I is the artist now? And because I always yeah. felt that that poetry, theater, music could be so transformational is a great way to convey information that might be controversial. How are you seeing yourself yes. as an artist right now? Oh, my goodness. It is. It's all in me. I mean, as you know, being, you know, a theater person at one time, it doesn't leave you. It just transitions and transforms and it all becomes a part of your process and a part of what you need to know. So one of the beautiful things is that within uh, within the book and I have my little my post-its as well (laughs) Um, within the book. Starting off each chapter, I have a, there's a poem that, you know, down, that was downloaded that represents each, uh, each energy center in our bodies. And even, you know, if we, if we go back to, if we look at the black church, you know, anywhere globally, you know, the black church, whether it's in, you know, the United States or the Caribbean or, you know, in the motherland, there is a sense of the, the, the attract, the, how do I say it? A theatrical sense, yes. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a sense of theater, you know, a sense of, even though it's not performance, you know, the beautiful thing is that this movement for me, a big part of it is about us moving from feeling the need to perform who we are in our everyday and really just be who we are. But that sense of ceremony and that sense of theater is a part of, you know, the 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 joy, the expression of joy. You know, it, it's, it's as the, the late, great Dr. Maya Angelou said, you know, when you walk past, uh, no, it was actually Mama Alice Walker, her energy is all over this interview, who said, you know, if you walk past a field of purple and you don't acknowledge it, you know, it's like you're not acknowledging God. It's the same. It's the, it's that, that is our energy. That's our ashe. That's our life force energy. So I, even though, you know, formally, I wouldn't necessarily write down that I was an artist only because I know people who, like my sister, is a visual artist and that is what she does for a living. And, you know, her work is as exhibited, you know, globally and in museums and galleries, et cetera. So that is a different experience, you know. And although I went to art school, I have an MFA. For me, this is how my art expresses my expresses itself in the guidance that I'm called to share and I guess writing it in a way that speaks to my soul and hopefully your soul as well. Yes, well, it definitely does. It definitely speaks to my soul. You know, it's so interesting that you in, in the book, I love the way you put the book together, you know, how there are different, um, different I don't, gates, 
temples. temples. I'm temples. sorry. I'm sorry. Temples. Wrong yes. word. Wrong word. There are different temples that, that that we can go through, and how each facet, each each temple has different facets, and there are different facets of ourselves. And and you did say that they they are connected to the chakras in a way that you've created. And I love the way you put yeah. the whole thing together so you can walk yourself through. And if, if you want that, and what I love, I love the fact that you have done so much research about African women and spirituality. Because I have always felt, I mean, I, I, may, I may be Yoruba, I don't know, I, you know, I, I've done a DNA test. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. I feel a connection to other parts of Africa. Just intuitively, I feel more connected to other parts of Africa. And so I love the way you have brought in different, um, different goddesses, not only from Africa, but also from the diaspora, from Haiti, from Guyana, which is where your, your people are from. So the question I want to ask is about your parents. How are they, when they came to the States, were they imagining that they would would birth or raise daughters who would be so creatively fulfilling the American dream? Or do you think they were thinking you would get a nice job at MTA or, you know, working with the, in the subway or what, what do you think? Yeah, what yeah. do you think they, they were thinking? Wow. You know, that's a that's a cool question to ask right this minute where I am, which is in my parents' backyard. <laughs> I'm in my parents' backyard and I'm blessed that they are both still, you know, not only here with us, but, you know, an active part of my life at my big age. Um, <laughs> and I... I interviewed them for this book and and that's not a question that I asked, but I will ask it. But what I do think is that, yeah, I think that they did have a, a big vision and big dreams. I think that they, and I say that because they invested a lot of time and energy and resources in me and my brother and my sister, you know, they put a lot of heart and soul you know, into us and sacrificed a lot. Um, So I think that they, that for them, that it wasn't, it wasn't like, okay, well, if, if, if I did go and work for, you know, the MTA or wherever, that would be magnificent, you know, like that, that it was that, that, that we are magnificent, not, what you do, what what you do is great. What you do is, is fabulous. And they're very proud of that, but it is realizing that we are, we are, we're enough. You're fabulous. You because of you, not because of, of the things that you can bring to the table, so to speak. Yes. And it sounds like based on what you've said in the book, that both your parents, your father, who um, is a minister, and is he initiated into Ifa or he he knows about Ifa? Yes, he's initiated into several different traditions. Several traditions. Wow. Wow. So you already had a broad, and then your mother, you said, is descended from medicine women did did you say she's 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 a devout catholic mm-hmm. <laughs> get that straight got that there <laughs> he said i do not want to hear from mrs abrams anything different but her great her grandmother um which was my great grandmother um was a midwife and the equivalent of a woman's fertility healer and 
through her family line, a lot of people are clairvoyant, clairsentient, um, clairaudient, but they didn't use that language. You yes. know what I mean? So that's why I say even like the equivalent of a woman's fertility healer, they didn't use that language. They say, you know, Ma, she helps women have babies. She could fix a womb. Like that's the language that they use or, you know, or such and such, you know, is, you know, is a person to talk to because they can, they can, they can read spirits or they can see spirits or they can read dreams or, you know, that kind of language is what they use. And so this great grandmother, Ma, um, who I met when I was a baby and I'm not sure how much of what I remember is what I've been told and how much is the memory, you know, like, um, because she was like about a hundred years old at that point. Um, and, or almost a hundred and she was blind at that point and she felt my face and said, beautiful child. And she told my mother, she used to tell my mother and my, and all of her grandchildren that we are Ashanti and that we are from the Fula people. But unfortunately, like so much of us, so many of us in the diaspora, they didn't, they didn't record it. They didn't, because my mom said after that, she would speak a funny language and that's now lost unfortunately we don't we don't know what that language was we don't know what she was speaking what she was saying you know my mom said it would sound funny and they would you know say it and it it sounded funny to them but that's you know unfortunately some of our history that has been lost that i'm trying to recover but from ma so many of her great grands and great great grands are healers and artists and yeah and it is it is really amazing <laughs> amazing because she was one who refused the call she didn't want the call you know and so when spirit would tell her you know for example one of the things that that they said that spirit would tell her was um don't eat pork, stop eating pork to have a more clear channel to hear better guidance. And Ma was like, um, okay, I'm going to eat pork because I don't want to be hearing anything. I want to see it. I want to see nothing. I want to hear nothing. You know, like she was just, she was, she was not with it, <laughs> even though she was a midwife and um, the equivalent of a medicine woman. She knew how to work with the herbs and, you know, and knew things that, still being figured out now by science. Like my mom says she used to take, you know, the young okra, like it had to be a specific okra and she would pick it and was using it in her eyes as eye drops when she was going blind. And it turns out that okra has vitamin A, which is um, what we need for vision, you know, so things like that, that she knew and she was working with, um, was amazing, <laughs> you know, at that time. Yeah, and she was a woman born in the 1800s. And so her parents would have been slaves, enslaved people, correction, enslaved people. And so when we talk about the things that we talk about, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't. It wasn't that, this is my mom's grandma. That wasn't that long ago. Yes. It was her life. Yeah, my, my, my great-grandfather was enslaved. Yeah, on, yeah. Really on, on both See? my father's side and my mother's yeah. side. The, the, yes. the wonderful thing that's happening right now is the ancestors are doing such a magnificent work in my own family and, and obviously in, in your life. So I think we can recover some of the information. And it seems like, wait a minute, did that actually happen or is that my imagination? And, and maybe the imagination is the truth of what really yes. happened. Absolutely. 
one zillion percent sorry to, to interrupt you sis it's something that i talked to um talked to when i was doing like working with one-on-one -on -one clients all about that you know a lot of times you will think that you are imagining it but we're not imagining a lot of times we're remembering it because we are our ancestors come back because our ancestors are sitting on our shoulder and whispering and even when i was speaking the words to you and i was saying you know that we've lost that language i was here i kept hearing we haven't lost it you haven't lost it you know like baby girl you didn't lose it like it's here like you put it here like it's you've translated it and it's there it's in the book <laughs> It's in the book. It's in the book. Yes, it's in the book. And and that's the thing. It's really a matter of retraining ourselves because we've been acculturated to believe that we have lost so much and maybe we have and we've also gained a lot by living on this continent we not only have gained all of the experiences that we've had but we've gained from the people whose land this is from from the native americans from from indians so we we also have the benefit if we can connect to the earth we have the benefit of really understanding some of the wisdom of the peoples who came before us who live on this earth and being people of african descent i believe that we are naturally attuned to the earth which is why we we did so well with um, raising crops when others yeah. couldn't when when Africans were brought here so so as I'm, I'm a nature lover I'm an urban nature lover I like to call myself and so I love I love nature so I I, I I guess I always connect things to nature what I what do you think is the quintessential lesson that you have learned from the the goddesses that you have studied and that you have included in your book for yourself? Mm. Oh, I think the quintessential lesson for me is show up, be faithful, um, be humble, be graceful, and always take the next step. Know that you are being guided. Know that you don't walk alone. Know that you don't need to, um, as Dr. Martin Luther King said, see the whole staircase. That we'll, we'll sometimes show you just the step. And just if you take that step forward, you know, we're going to move you 10 steps forward. So just to keep on, keep on moving, to take that step, to, to, to be present and to show up. To show up. How did you get the... the how did you move to being a self-worth midwife? What, what, how, did you, how did you get to the point where you knew that that was something that people really needed, first of all, and then how did you create the, the knowledge that you share to, to help us? I think that for a lot of healers, teachers, coaches, um, therapists, et cetera, counselors, people are being who they needed and couldn't find at a certain point, you know what I mean? And so um, I grew up being bullied for being different, for being, you know, weird, for being all of those kinds of things and didn't always have the language to voice it or the the confidence to, to just know myself and be unapologetically me. And knowing the emotional pain, how emotionally painful that was for me. Um, I feel like a big part of my calling is to help to 
to liberate others, to free others, to help others feel free to be themselves. So again, it's not about um, us fitting into a specific box, because I think a lot of us who, um, particularly the people who are going to be attracted to this conversation, because I can tell, you know, from from you and from me, you know, like we're we're the good girls, you know, we're the, the people that, that, you know, we we sat in, in, you know, we sat there in class and we, we did our homework and we raised our hands and we showed up and we followed the rules and, <laughs> and we just said no and and all of those things which you know sugar and spice and everything nice is great for the community but it's not great for our wholeness and well-being and us learning to be who we are the fullness of who we are bringing the the rage bringing the sexiness bringing the joy being living out loud and living full out full out you know, and as little black girls, you know, our mothers wanted us to be, you know, pressed and curled and neat and nice and polite and, <laughs> and all of those things. And we understand why. But now we're saying, you know what, I'm going to be me and I can be all of those things. And sometimes you're not going to like me. And that's OK. Sometimes you're going to feel uncomfortable and that's okay. And all of that is a new space and a new energy for us to step into and own. On your last podcast, you talked about abandoning yourself, which I yes. so resonated with because I have done that. And, you know, and, and I'm glad to be aware that that's something that's a language for it. When when we and there's it's, it's so loaded, this whole notion of abandoning yourself or not accepting ourselves, because and I, I thought it was really personal. It was my person, maybe my personal failing. And what I'm coming to learn is that it's, it's actually how we were. It's actually oppression and sexism and and racism. And and so to really break out of that, I've, I never even thought that pleasure was like an activist move, like something you could do to be an activist. I mean, and so living full out, like you're saying, is, is, is radical. It's radical based on how I was raised. Do you get um, pushback from people? I mean, and, and how do men receive you? I mean, I guess it's probably... Mm you know, there's not every man is the same. So we have to say that, but. Right. <laughs> right. It, I mean, it's the, it's the same, like, you know, like everybody else, like there's some people who will love you, some people who will hate you and some people who won't care. <laughs> and, you know, a big part of it is learning how to stop asking for approval from people who don't even like themselves. Half the time we're running behind people asking them to believe in us when they don't believe in this, themselves. So how are they going to believe in you? <laughs> yes. You yes. Know? <laughs> yes. You know, and I've been feeling that. And I heard, I heard, I had a reading and more than three times within a week, I heard the same message, which is don't, expect people who don't understand you to don't expect to be loved by people who don't understand you. And do you think that that's something that, that, that God is, that is, that is being, that a, that is a message that is being sent to us collectively, or do you think that it's a personal response? Because it's no accident. I don't, I don't imagine that, that you would, would speak about it. And then a week before someone else has said something about that, same thing to me. Do you, what do you, what do you think? Do you think it's, it's something that are you hearing from God? Do you, are you hearing from people you're working with or both? How do you get the messages? Oh. 
Both, actually both and all of the above. And I think that it is a collective consciousness moment that we are all, you know, the same way we're all plugged into the internet like this, that we're all plugged into consciousness, you know, the, the god <laughs> like we're all plugged into the consciousness. But then it does resonate for us when we need it. We It's like, you know, we take the medicine when we need it. Um, and so certain things will resonate for certain people louder at certain moments than others. But there is at this moment, very clearly a moment of awakening. There is very clearly at this moment, um, an energy of the old guard dying off, you know, the old, the last gasp, um, and the last gasp could be five, five years, it could be 500 years, you know what I mean? But it's the last gasp with folks holding on by their fingernails, you know, um, as people are saying, no more, no more. I'm not going to shrink and play small another moment to make anyone else feel big. And that is, that, that's the, the best trick of oppression is to make you think that it's you. That's the best trick of oppression to make you think that you're broken or something is wrong with you. The best trick. I can't remember what the reading was, but I remember in reading um, and studying specifically what um, the enslavers, the, the ways that they studied and how to present the Bible and to present religion and present spirituality in order to oppress us. And rule number one was, you know, in order to oppress, you know, make folk think something's wrong with them. Let them, you know, you want to break down their systems. You want to break down the way that people see themselves. You get people to oppress themselves and whoo, <laughs> your job is done. And so that is, you know, through all different forms, be it, you know, um, in, in, you know, racially, gender wise, sexuality across the board, across the board. And I'm I'm so happy to be a part of this, you know, great awakening, which at times is very ugly and at times is very painful um, for all of us as a collective and individually, but it's what needs to happen. Birth is messy and ugly, yes. <laughs> but it's also beautiful. Yes, yes, it is beautiful. I mean, just the whole concept of a new life being created, whether it's a, a new plant or a new flower or a new human or a new animal, it's it's a it's a wonderful experience. And I really think too that 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 the consciousness is shifting, that we are shifting. Yesterday, I was at the river. I live near the riverfront in Detroit, and um, and I was at the river and I was singing, and and a duck flew in, you know, announced, "Hey, I'm here," and and, and walked right up to me. And I feel that that might not have happened even five years ago. And even though we have been in a, a stay-at-home phase, the stay-at-home phase for me has helped me to know me better, has helped me to know my spiritual self better. So, and I, and I really have to believe, even though I'm sure people have lost those that they loved in the pandemic, there have also been some 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 good things. I know someone who got a. a organ transplant, a kidney transplant. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is one good thing that happened, yeah. you know, having so many people pass away at the same time, made more organs available for this person yeah. that I know. So there has to be there's always there's always the the, the light and the dark. One of the, the um, goddesses you mentioned is Mawu and Lisa. And that's so that's so interesting, because I had just 
I had decided I was going to read stories about the goddess. And the first one that I chose was about my woo. And I'm like, wow, it's what, what, it's just interesting how there's symmetry. And even though we're not close, I think there's just information that is available in the universe for us to, to help yeah. us to understand ourselves better. And, and I'm, I'm glad to see that, that there's a, that there's connecting their connections. And one of the things I know you talk about is how you can be energetically connected with people who are not even nearby. Yeah. And, and I think that's, yeah. that's really true. It's definitely true. It absolutely is yes. true. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. So tell me, what is new and exciting? What things are you working on right now that um, we can look forward to? So I want to share with you that in that Detroit, uh, on my my first book tour, uh, my first book was a debut novel named Dare. And on book tour, we went to Detroit. We went to a mall. I don't remember which mall it was, but the nicest people in the whole country were in Detroit. The people were so supportive. People showed up and showed out and people were like, you know, um, I'm going to buy a, a book for my neighbor and I'll buy a book for this one. And somebody came and brought food. They were like, you look hungry. You've been sitting at this table all day. Here's some food. Like the nicest, most generous, most kind people were in Detroit. So I am not shocked that that is where you are. So <laughs> here is my, my, my current offering, um, which is coming out very soon it's the african goddess rising oracle cards and they move the release date up uh because the cards are already number one in their category on amazon they're already at amazon bestseller and they haven't even oh, come that's out wonderful yet. So, yeah so it's pretty cool because in the new age goddesses category um the cards are number one, and then I think the audiobook for African Goddess Initiation is number three or something like that. Number, yeah, or number four, or something like that. And it's really cool because there was some kind of funny business happening. Um, and I want to invite your folks who are listening, if you have read the book or if you got the book, please leave a review on Amazon. Some kind of funny business was happening, and, and Amazon was not recording my reviews for a long time and reviews are how they document a book's success and especially at book launch something really weird so you know <laughs> just gonna put that out there the ancestors are gonna work it all out <laughs> yeah i actually bought, but, bought the book from barnes and noble well i guess i shouldn't say barnes okay, and noble, but yeah, i went into hey, the bookstore hey. and it was it was right there easy <gasps> to get oh my god if you go back will you take a picture yes 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 i'll go back and take a picture okay. for you Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. So yes, yeah, so the Oracle cards, actually, let me do a reading for you. I'm going to pull a card. Let's just do a one card reading. Okay. And it's the same, the same goddesses, except for one um, that are in the book are in the card deck. And it's just another beautiful way to get this work into our hearts and souls. Divination is an is a is 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 a foundational part of global African spirituality in all of our, like across the board in, in so many of our different cultures. And so I am proud and excited to give you one of the first readings oh, from- That would be wonderful. Yeah, so let me just, let me just shuffle and just clear the deck. 
Okay, Goddess Sana. Please give me a number between 1 and 11. 3. Okay, let's just breathe our energy together. Let's just take a nice big inhale together. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. And we are wanting to know what you are most needing to know at this moment. And for your guests who are listening, because again, this is a collective experience, uh, they may resonate as well. Two, three. Okay. So I did three and then I felt like that wasn't it. So I gave another shuffle and <laughs> the card we pulled. Oh Can you my see goodness, no. <laughs> my woo, Lisa. Maul Lisa, of course. Wow. <laughs> of course. And so the message of Maul Lisa, um, for, for those who are listening, Maul Lisa is the sun and the moon, the dual deity that in some traditions are brother and sister, in some are husband and wife, but it is a goddess and God, mother, father, God, the literal, uh, the little, literal translation of mother, father, God from Benin. In West Africa, Old Dahomey, where a lot of us came through. Most of us don't hear about Benin, but Benin has very strong, uh, a large part of Benin is Yoruba. And through those gates um, in Ouida, it, the gates of no return there are where a lot of us came through. And it's making me emotional uh, for some reason at this time. And that card represents cosmic power. And so when you pull that card, what it is saying to you is that you are the face of God, you know, that the, the, the face of the moon, the energy of the moon and the energy of the sun combined is everything. And without that energy, we couldn't have life here on earth. And so this cosmic power is calling you forward. And when people usually get this card, it's a scary thing because it means that you're being called forward into this energy, but there's a push and a pull and there's a resistance and the resistance is you, my love. The resistance is you who are listening. And so stepping into this cosmic power, stepping into your truth, is your divine assignment at this moment. I receive that. I receive that. It's okay. it's it's yes. it's confirmation because I had I got I was meditating and I got this notion that that there's no reason for me to ever have any conflict with with males because I am male and female. I'm balanced between and I yes. actually yes. have a and I've spoken about him before. I have a brother ancestor who gave me a vision that he and and I and our other brother are a trinity and mm. um in that I'm an ancient soul so what? I'm 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 learning to to lean in I'm learning to lean to lean in the your unique work is is helpful so so I'm going to have to get my African goddess initiation book 
and um, work through all of the all of the different um, sections so that I can really be seen and lean in. You don't know it was it was a big thing just to get to this point with this podcast. So so I'm very grateful for all of the energies that have supported me in moving forward, all the people who've supported me and thank you for supporting me for this podcast. And, and, and thank you so much for, for being here. Is there any last word that you would like to share with us today? My last word is just, if you, if you're listening to this, just know that it's not by accident. If you have come here to this conversation, it's not, it's not an accident. God doesn't make mistakes. You're here for a reason. And the things that you needed to hear today are what you needed to hear. So I would say, take them. Um, If you have the book, African Goddess Initiation, read the Maud Lisa section uh, this evening and see what the the affirmations are there. See what the ritual is there and do it. (laughs) Actually do it. That's the combination of the divine masculine and divine feminine, which is when we have this guidance, receiving the guidance, but then taking inspired action. And, you know, come play with me. I'm at womanifesting.com. So like manifesting.com, but (laughs) womanifesting.com. And I've got a podcast, um, lots of great stuff. Come hang with me. Great. Are you still doing (laughs) the group coaching? I am about to launch a new opportunity for people to work with me, which will be through an app. So it's not group coaching as in um, my past courses have been. Those are all still available at womanifesting.com. All of my courses, including how to write your own book, etc. That's all available. But there's a new opportunity that is launching with this uh, deck of cards actually pretty soon. Yes. And, you know, there's so many, I'm sure that there's so many people who want to work with you that you have to figure out a way to be able to do it and, yeah. and still maintain your sanity and energy. I mean, I, I'm saying that yeah. you're not saying that. I'm <laughs> I'm saying that because you look like you are just like pristine. You got it all, all in order. So everything is in divine order for you. Everything is in divine order, sis, but it, it that is at this moment. As we know, it is a moment to moment game. <laughs> Catch me five minutes from now, maybe something else. But at this moment, that is, that's how we're rocking and rolling. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Aviola Abrams. Thank you. Thank you, Goddess Anna. Thank you for listening to In the Center of Her Power podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like or subscribe on whatever listening service you use. I am your host, Sanaa Green, and I sincerely hope you were fed with divine feminine soul food.